Welcome to The Veteran Doctor. This podcast is for anyone interested to improving their knowledge on veteran-centric topics. Veterans have dedicated their lives to serving our country, so now it's our turn to serve them as they transition back into their civilian lives. We have discovered that there is a lack of knowledge on the availability of resources and how to properly navigate the systems available to veterans when they transition out of the military service. This podcast's purpose is to help bridge this gap of knowledge and guide veterans to resources that they so deserve. The Veteran Doctor is hosted by Dr. John Heinzelman, who has a master's degree in sports and performance psychology and a doctorate in psychology where he specializes in research. He is also a retired Army Airborne Infantry veteran with 22 years of service. So sit back, relax, and enjoy The Veteran Doctor. Good morning, veterans, family, and friends. Welcome back to the 11th episode of The Veteran Doctor. On this week's podcast, we will discuss issues facing the elderly veteran population. We will also continue with our fun facts of UBI, useful bits of information, and veteran news. So stick around for some great stuff. The U.S. Department of Veteran Affairs, VA, is the current American embodiment of an ancient social pact, one that has existed in many forms since antiquity between a society and those who go to war on its behalf. This agreement is that in return for a soldier risking their, their lives, society will care for an injured soldier and sometimes his dependent family members until death. In an era of Greek cities and states and even the Plymouth colonies, the average life expectancy of humans was four decades or less, and the number of individuals affected numbered in most of the hundreds. Now, as expectancy is more than eight decades and the military service engages millions of individuals whose ages covers a full adult lifespan, the promise of lifetime care for former warriors has become an enormous, costly, and complex, and mostly elderly-focused health and support services enterprise. According to the 2012 United States Census Brief, there are more than 12.4 million veterans aged 65 and older. The elderly veteran population served in conflicts such as World War II, the Korean War, the Vietnam War, and the Persian Gulf War. Issues affect all veterans as they battle the VA for the benefits they deserve. But today, we will look at some of the problems that are commonly faced by elderly veterans in particular. Lack of evidence. To obtain VA disability benefits, a veteran must have medical proof showing that they are currently disabled medically or lay evidence showing that the disability began or was aggravated in service and medical evidence is a link or nexus between their current disability or the in-service event. Additionally, to show the severity of their disability, the veteran will need to 
show evidence such as VA treatment records, private medical records, and or statements from family or friends describing how the veteran's disability affects them. One problem that many elderly veterans may run into is locating and obtaining their service records. Getting service records for elderly vet veterans can be especially difficult due to the fire in the National Records Center, the NPRC, in 1973 that destroyed millions of official military service records. The VA is required to assist veterans in obtaining their service records, but a veteran needs to make sure the VA is notified of all potential locations of their service records. The following is a list of organizations that may have service records. The NPRC, the United States Army and Joint Service Record Research Center, the JSRRC. The JSRRC works to find military records supporting veterans, inquiries related to PTSD and Agent Orange VA disability claims. The National Archives and Records Administration, the NARA, this is an official location where records for military personnel discharged from the Navy, Army, Marines, and Coast Guard are stored. The Naval Historical Center, this is an official center for the historical information related to naval military records and includes information such as the desk logs, the ship histories, which have, can help with Agent Orange claims. A veteran does not have to rely solely on service records for evidence of an in-service event. They can also use lay evidence such as buddy statements. However, elderly vet veterans may find it challenging to obtain this kind of evidence as well. For example, elderly veterans, fellow service members might no longer be alive or suffer from a lot of memory loss. The next category is transportation. Process involved with getting VA disability benefits often requires a veteran to go to the VA offices and medical centers. Many times these visits are mandatory, such as appearing for compensation and pension exams, CP exams. If a veteran does not show up to the CP exams, the VA can reduce or even take away their benefits. Even worse is the fact that the VA doesn't provide transportation to their facilities. However, some regulations allow the veterans to get transportation allowance and be reimbursed for the transportation cost. The next issue is the slow process. Perhaps one of the most severe issues facing this population is the length of time it takes the VA to complete the disability claim appeal process. Some regional offices are so backlogged that they're up to two years behind on deciding veteran appeals. The Board of Veteran Appeals, the BVA, is even more backlogged. Appeals of the BVA are taking up to three years to get decided. The problem is, elderly veterans don't always have time on their side. A study cited in a research article discussing issues facing elderly veteran populations stated approximately 3,000 veterans die each year with their disability compensation claims still mirrored in some stage of the agency's adjudication process. Claims can be expedited, but the VA's regulations state that the veterans must be 85 years and older for their claims to receive priority processing. If a veteran is under 85 years and older, their claims can still be expedited due to the other factors such as financial hardship or being terminally ill. Another issue is underutilized benefits. Unfortunately, many elderly veterans might not generalize the extent of VA benefits they are entitled to, or they might be 
completely unaware of the benefits that they are eligible for. Elderly veterans may be entitled to receive additional compensation on the top of any service-connected compensation they are already receiving. Also, elderly veterans may be entitled to different health care uh, programs tailored to their needs. The following is a list of some common benefits and health care programs that elderly veterans may be entitled to. Aid and tenants available for veterans who require help with performing daily functions are bed- bedridden, a patient in a nursing home, or are blind. Housebound, available for veterans who are confined in their homes because of a permanent disability. Adult Day Healthcare. This is a day program that provides recreation, companionship, and healthcare services such as care from nurses, therapists, and social workers, etc. Health-based primary care. This program is for veterans with complex healthcare needs that are not being met by routine clinical-based care. A VA doctor will supervise a team that provides health care in a veteran's home. Homemaker and home health aid, available for veterans who need assistance with activities or daily living. Palliative care, this involves helping veterans and their families manage their illness with a plan of care that focuses on the relief and suffering and control of symptoms. Hospice care, available for veterans who have terminal conditions for less than six months to live. Skilled home health care. This is a short-term service for veterans that are homebound and live far away from the VA care and provide by a local community-based health agency that contracts with the VA. Respite care. This service offers a person to come to the veteran's home while the veteran's primary caregiver takes a break. Telehealth allows the veteran's doctor and nurse to monitor the veteran's condition remotely using home monitoring equipment. And veteran-directed care, available for veterans in need of skilled services, case management, or assistance of daily living activities. This program allows the veteran to customize a health care plan that best meets their needs. It should be apparent from the preceding comments that the VA is a very complex, large, and continually evolving enterprise. Veteran Affairs' commitment to serving those who are willing to put their lives at risk for their countrymen has never wavered. But the challenges of a large governmental organization that has to be responsive to changing demography, shifting social priorities, political forces, and technological improvements are numerous, complex, elusive, and daunting. Nevertheless, the VA has made an enormous positive mark on the health and health care of the older Americans through its decades of effort on behalf of the aging veterans and undoubtedly will continue to do so for decades to come.
hope you enjoyed that. We're going to move on to our next segment of UBI, useless bits of information, or depending on your perspective, useful bits of information. And this week we will uh, talk about the 29 things you didn't know about the Marines. Number one, Marines often pin their next promotable rank onto their uniforms as motivation. They usually hide it in their cover or under their pocket flap. Number two, the Marine Corps' first amphibious raid was only weeks after its creation. The Marines successfully stormed a British weapons cache in the Bahamas. Number three, the Marines' first land battle on foreign soil was in Libya. During this battle, 600 Marines stormed the city of Derma to rescue a crew of the USS Philadelphia from pirates. Number four, male Marine recruits attend boot camp in one of two locations depending on which side of the Mississippi they're on. Marine Corps Recruits Depot MCRD San Diego is for West Coast recruits, which is separate facility from Camp Pendleton and MCRD Paris Island is for East Coast recruits. Number five, female Marine Corps recruits only attend MCRD Paris. Number six, MCRD San Diego can be seen from the air when flying into San Diego International Airport. This causes the recruits to wonder if the airport was built there to torment them. Number seven, Marines who attend MCRD San Diego are often called Hollywood Marines from Paris Island Marines. Paris Island Marines developed this nickname because MCRD Paris Island was the first of the two depots. Hollywood Marines don't have a name for Paris Island Marines because they feel bad about the sand fleas. Number eight, since then, Secretary of Defense Leon Panetta ordered the military to integrate women into combat arms occupations in January of 2013. More than 18 female infantry officer candidates have attempted the qualification course. At this point, all 18 have failed to qualify. Number nine, Marines regularly train with international counterparts from more than 15 different nations. Number 10, U.S. Marines also let their hair down while training with allied forces. Number 11, the Marines have won four out of five Warrior Games competitions. This year marks the first loss to the Army. Number 12, Torrance Ford, brother of Harrison Ford, leads a photography program for wounded transitioning Marines at Wounded Warrior Battalion West on Camp Pendleton called Stop Warrior Project. Number 13, Marine recruits must finish eating the moment their drill instructor is finished. This is why Marines eat so fast. Number 14, fewer than 100 people have received the title of Honorary Marine, a title that can be only be bestowed by the Commandant of the Marine Corps. You can find a, the following list of the few Honorary Marines in order of seniority. Chuck Norris, rank unknown because it's also unneeded. Brigadier General Bob Hope, Master Sergeant Bugs Bunny, Corporal Jim Neighbors, star of Goer Piles USMC, and Gary Sinisi. Number 15, hurry up and wait is what happens when each leader down the chain of command tells us and her Marine to be there 15 minutes prior to the senior's directive. 
This is why Marines always arrive early to their destinations. Number 16, the license plate of the Commandant of the Marine Corps reads 1775. Number 17, Marines in uniform are not authorized to put their hands in their pockets. Number 18, only female Marines are authorized to carry umbrellas in uniform. Number 19, the rank of Marine Gunner is the only Marine Corps rank that requires different, different insignia on the left and right uniform collars. The rank of Colonel requires the eagles of each collar to be mirrored images of each other, and there's also technically different insignia. Number 20, in the Marine Corps, a three-day weekend is called a 72, and a four-day is called a 96. Number 21, the Marine Corps mascot is a English bulldog called Chesty. This mascot was named by the Marine Lieutenant General Luis B. Chesty Puller, the only Marine to earn five Navy crosses. Number 22, even though the Corps is an amphibious force, swimming qualifications is one of the few annual qualifications that doesn't count toward the Marine's promotion for its next rank. Number 23, three, five, and seven Marines can perform a three volley salute. A three volley salute performed at a funeral ceremony is often confused with a 21 gun salute. The three volley salute is the firing of three rifle volleys rounds over the graves of fallen armed force members and political leaders that can be traced to the European dynastic wars when fighting was halted to remove the dead and wounded. Once an area was cleared of the casualties, three volleys were sent into the air as a signal to resume fighting. Number 24. Every year, Thai Marines instruct U.S. Marines in a day of jungle survival training as part of an annual exercise, Cobra Gold. This training culminates with the U.S. Marines participating in a Thai warrior ritual that involves cutting a cobra's head off and drinking its blood. Number 25. According to Marine sniper superstition, there is ultimately one round destined to end the life of a Marine, and that is the round with your name on it. Until the round is fired, the person of whom it is intended remains invincible. If the sniper carries the round with him at all times, it can never be fired and the sniper is therefore untouchable. Number 26. Out of school, a Marine sniper carries a colloquial title, PIG, or Professional Instructed Gunman. This is the Marine's title until he has killed a, an enemy sniper in combat and removed the round from his name on it from the enemy sniper magazine. This round is then worn as a necklace and symbolizes that his status as hog or hunter of gunmen. Number 27. Even since Vietnam, Marine Amtrak crews will not eat apricots since, as they're considered bad luck. Number 28, Marines also think it's unlucky to eat the charms that used to come in the packs of meals ready to eat. And number 29, Marines are all often called jarheads because of their high and tight haircuts, but some Marines take these cuts to the extreme. Unauthorized haircuts include horseshoes and mohawks. All right, so this concludes our UBI portion of the program, and we'll move on to veteran news. And the news this week is that the new VA secretary promises unity around work reform for veteran programs. According to Leo Shane III, 
in the first message to VA veterans and the department staff since his confirmation, Veteran Affairs Secretary Dennis McDonough promises to, uh, to base all of his decisions around whether it increases veterans' access to care and benefits and improves outcomes for them as he takes on the task of reforming the massive federal bureaucracy. At this time when our country must become must come together caring for you, our country's veterans and our your families, it is a mission that can unite us all, McDonough said in a statement shortly after he was sworn into office on Tuesday. The president has called on every American to embrace our responsibility to support our veterans and their families. So this administration will work with other federal agencies and departments and with other state and local organizations of both public and private who have their best interests of veterans and families at heart. McDonough also stated that his department is prepared to do anything in our power to help veterans get through the pandemic and help them build civilian lives in their education and jobs worthy of their skills and service. He has also promised to keep the department's focus on ending veteran suicide and homelessness while veterans make the VA a place that welcomes all veterans, including women, veterans of color, and LGBTQ veterans as well. McDonough echoed some final words that and stated that now that the confirmation is finished, he is moving forward to fight like hell to give our veterans and families the benefits, services, and respect and dignity they so deserve. All right, this concludes this week's veteran news. We'll move on to our shout outs. This section is reserved for recognition of new members of our podcast and partners and sponsors who support us in everything we do. We cannot continue with our podcast without everyone's support. So thank you so much. And this week's new member is Ashley Kay. So thanks, Ashley, for becoming a member. And we do not have any new partners or sponsors this week. So please check out our next segment of the program on the podcast partner and sponsorship program. Do you want to be part of something bigger? Do you want to help veterans? Have you thought about helping the veteran doctor? As you may already know, the focus of the veteran doctor is to improve your knowledge on veteran-centric topics. The research and information dissemination process can be daunting with the maintenance of literature, books, websites, blogs, podcast episodes, and other administrative necessities. This ultimately takes time, resources, and marketing to reach and support veterans, as well as their very diverse needs. We are so excited about the process of podcasting and the potential impact it can have on the veteran population. To keep going and improve this podcast, we would tremendously be grateful to anyone who can support us in our expansion and growth. We are looking to enhance this podcast quality and would find it more manageable with a bit of support. So if you think you're receiving a few dollars a month worth of entertainment, we would greatly appreciate you investing in The Veteran Doctor. We offer different rewards for different pledge obligations, so please see what may fit your budget. Once again, we appreciate your support. And from all the veterans out there who benefit from this podcast, I'm sure they appreciate your support too. Every program must establish a goal and milestones to determine what is going to be done with the funding. The first goal we're going to reach is a monthly pledge of $500 collectively. The milestones are, number one, help pay for ongoing production costs, hosting fees for websites, blogs, and podcasts. Number two, help purchase rewards for patron supporters. 
Number three, offset marketing costs for websites, blogs, and podcasts. And number four, help buy new equipment and technology to improve podcast sound and quality. There are different rewards for each monthly donation amounts. The donation amounts range from $1 to $50 a month. The rewards include one or more of the following items listed depending on the level of monthly donation. Some examples of the rewards may consist of, number one, a thank you on the show or website. Number two, a thank you email. Number three, early access to new episodes. Number four, show swag, t-shirts, bumper stickers, lapel pins, and a pen. Number five, a patron can read a short message on the show. Number six, call in as a special guest. And number seven, a patron can determine a show topic. So if you think you're receiving a few dollars worth of uh, entertainment, come on down and support The Veteran Doctor. As veterans, we have a lot of questions when it comes to transitioning out of the military. Or are you already out of the military and having trouble reintegrating? Are you having issues finding veteran resources? Or do you just want to learn more about veterans? Well, the Veterans Resource and Transition Guide may just be the solution for your issues. This book is available on Amazon.com and is in both ebook or paperback. It is a book written to help veterans with research, knowledge, and resources with their transition back into civilian life and beyond. Our society's current problem demonstrates that many veterans, as they transition out of the military, do not have the knowledge, training, or resources to reintegrate back into society properly. They do not know where to go, what to do, and do not even have a sufficient plan to survive. The purpose of this guide is to provide a one-stop and quick reference source of research, knowledge, and resources for veterans to easily reference to give veterans a better understanding of the dynamics of veteran issues, educate veterans on the process of transitioning out of the military, what to do once they get out, develop a plan, and provide resources to help make life a little easier during and after that transitional experience. Additional information has been added for our survivors' benefits for surviving widows, and a Military 101 class to help educate the civilian workforce on military culture and lifestyle. The guide's additional intent is to make it a living document by taking input from readers and providers on information and resources, providing an annual update to veterans on the ever-changing and developing process of transitioning and resources. This guide will provide resources of knowledge to veterans, helping guide them through their transitional journey. So grab yourself a copy today and get those resources you so deserve. Do you want to learn more about me? Maybe you uh, want to learn more about my new book or future books. What about our new veteran blog? Do you want to learn more about the veteran doctor? Well, my website may be your solution. My author website is up and is available for viewing at www.johneheinzelman.com. That's J-O-H-N-E-H-E-I-N-T. 
Z-E-L-M-A-N.com. This site will provide you with the latest and greatest information on me, my latest literary works, future works, my veteran blog, and this podcast, Veteran Doctor. A unique feature available on the website is the Veteran Blog. The Veteran Blog provides veterans with the latest up-to-date information on veteran-specific topics that affect everyday life, whether challenging or life-enhancing. The purpose of this site is to keep veterans informed and help improve knowledge quicker and on-demand. Subscriptions are available in monthly, weekly, and unlimited access depending on the veterans' informational requirements. The feature of this site will include special features, video, classes, depending on the subscriber access level. Please check it out and try our seven-day free trial. So as this week's episode comes to a close, we hope you enjoyed the information you gained on The Veteran Doctor. Remember, we welcome feedback on this podcast to help improve our quality and content. Or if you have any new ideas, please send them to info at johneheintzelman.com. That's J-O-H-N-E-H-E-I-N-T-Z-E-L-M-A-N.com. I hope you come back and visit us on our next episode. So until next time, take care. Be safe and enjoy your week. Have a good one.